Hey guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And this is going to be unsettling. Deeply. talk about we have new business for the 4-h club (laughs) (laughs) we actually did that in 4-h i'm sure it was very important who wrote the agenda for the 4-h club that's my question i'm sure but i think i was the secretary (laughs) i know i didn't write any agendas no i'm getting fired my issue um this is gonna probably trigger a lot of people but so i have a corgi and i've been saying pretty much forever that this is morbid by the way when he when he dies i want to have him stuffed (laughs) (laughs) i want to get jibby his name's jibby i'm telling my husband i'm like i want to get him stuffed i want to make him to a small side table and vlad is so upset with it every time he still can't like he will not let me stuff him really he's like it's so disturbing why, why? would you want this in your house it would uh, every time you look at him you're gonna be sad like he was freaked the fuck out he thinks it's like the worst thing ever whenever i talk about it he gets upset so recently i was like what if we just stuffed one of his foot what his foot like just one foot <laughs> Like a lucky rabbit, because his feet are so cute. A lucky like a, foot. Like a lucky <laughs> rabbit foot. I'm like, just one foot. He's like, this is even worse. <laughs> what if you stuffed his nub? You just, well, I, I, everything is off limits, apparently. Did he have dogs in Belarus? No. He had, like, no pets at so all. So this is, like, his first interaction with a pet? Yeah. I so, mean, but even then, like. He's never had a pet die, you know. I've had a few, so I'm like, I'm. I'm ready to get him stuffed this time. See, I feel like I, I call him my loafew because he's my nephew and also he's a loaf of bread. So my loafew would make a great table. He would be great as like an ottoman. Like a glass top, ta- an ottoman. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Yeah, you could just rest your little feet on Chip's back. Yes. And I know one person who has had her dog stuffed and a cat. How much does that cost? Probably a lot. I didn't ask her. I saw someone stuff a horse on TikTok. Okay. I could find out. Yeah. Like, is that something I would assume that's like something you have to be prepared for, right? Like you have to reach out to a taxidermist because like most of them don't want to do it. And like the minute he's gone, they, you need to like hand him over before like rigor mortis sets in. Right. Most of most taxidermists don't want to do this, by the way. <laughs> most taxidermists do not look to taxidermy corgi. But her cat and dog, it was so funny. I was just So where does it. this cat and dog sit? I don't know where she puts it. I feel like I, I would move them around the house and just Yeah. Yeah, there's a photo. I'll I'll see if I can get it. Um, That's fantastic. I'll see if I can get approved to post it. By I thoroughly enjoy that. I'm sorry that your husband doesn't like the idea, but I love the idea. He hates it. Oh, I nobody I've talked to us like the idea either. They've you all know, been pretty I, disturbed. I said uh, we should stuff Zig 
where I was talking to my mom about stuff. I tried. I tried. My mom's like, you can't stuff a dog. Like, why not? Yeah. Like, that's the least you can do for them. They've given you their entire life. Right? It was my mom's dog, and I was like, we could stuff him. You know, in between crying. I'm like, we could get him stuff. And she's like, what? She didn't like it either. So I just wanted to put it out there. You know who would have been a good dog to get stuffed is Toby. Mm -hmm. Her sway back. With this yellow lab, she was just great. She would have made a great ottoman. She grew up with us, and then she got really old. Died. And we used to put her in disguises and put doilies on her back, and she would look like a table. So yeah. she was already ready to be a table. <laughs> she wanted to. She did. It was her dream. But my case does have something to do with animals. Oh, okay. Are you but... stuffing them? No. Oh, okay. No. Nobody stuffed them. So I'm going to tell you about Timothy Treadwell and... Um, his girlfriend, Amy. Okay. I have a hard time with her last name. Amy Huguenard. Huguenard? I think that's good. But I'm not. I'm, I'll buy it. So, Timothy Treadwell had always loved animals. As a young boy, he even kept a squirrel as a pet. He would often pretend he had wings and fangs and claws like he was that kid. Oh, um, okay. His, his imagination was always just like defaulting to animals. And Timothy was actually born named Timothy Dexter, but after college, he decided to go by Timothy Treadwell, which was the last name from his mother's side. Okay. We don't really know. This is just something he did. He just decided to do. He just did it. Uh, He was said to be kind of a typical young boy, but a handful, and he started to kind of spiral in his teenage years. So he was fond of drinking. It escalated further when he went away to college. Okay. And he was able to go away on a scholarship from swimming. Um, he also made up a story in college that he was a British orphan who was born in Australia <laughs> for some reason. He was also an aspiring actor. He auditioned for parts in sitcoms. He was rejected a hit a role in the hit series Cheers. Um, oh, it was like Woody Harrelson got the part. Go yeah. It's a, it's a good show. It is a good show. They used to play it on Nick at Night. They did. So Woody Harrelson got his part and he was pissed. And his father said he began to spiral after losing that part. So he was really going balls to the wall, the drugs and the drink. But his love for animals would be the key to his recovery. Okay. So Timothy overdosed on heroin and cocaine in the late 1980s. That's a bummer. And by this time, he had become friendly with a Vietnam vet named Terry. So Terry was the one who had rescued Timothy from his overdose. And he also told him after he survived that he should go to Alaska and watch the bears there. Oh, okay. He was like, you just, you know what's going to heal you? Just go to Alaska and watch the bears. Watch some salmon swim upstream. So with that, Timothy decided he would take his um, friend's eccentric advice, if you will. Yeah. But he also had no fucking clue what he was doing. I mean, he wasn't a bear watcher, you know? Oh, Ever. Yeah. And I mean, Alaska's not. Not friendly place. In the summer, you're probably okay, but Alaska's like. You can't just wing it. The sun never sets in the summer. So it's not yet like. It's a very harsh place, Alaska. Especially at this time. It was like like 90s, early 2000s. So it was even, you know, worse than now. Yeah. So it wasn't like as civilized as it is now. Yeah. Which is still not, I'm sure. Yeah. And you hear these stories from time to time, people trying to immerse themselves in nature or go be one with like a specific set of <laughs> animal, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't always end great. Like the guy who went, um, Jack Kerouac, is that his name? It was, he went to Alaska 
to like go. He wrote a book to be like one with nature. Really? Live in a car. And he was trying to like live off the land. He ended up dying, but oh. he wrote this book. It's like a really popular book. So oh. I kind of like was thinking about that. Like and how many people had tried to do things like this before. And a lot of them don't do their due diligence and their research before. Okay. And they're kind of ignorant, I think. Um, so they kind of romanticized it, right? Yeah, like how bad could it really be kind of thing. Yeah. Like and I you, should be fine. Yeah. And I've also, been camping. People might have like a death, a death. They don't care if they die too, maybe. Yeah. So maybe they don't bother. I don't really know. But Katmai Park was where he chose to go. Okay. And it was home to 3,000 out of the total 35,000 Alaskan grizzly bears estimated to exist, period. It's a lot. And the coastal species of these bears are referred to as brown bears by Alaskan biologists. Although Timothy insisted on referring to them as grizzlies. And I feel like, <laughs> like he would just be like, they're grizzlies. Because they are, but they're not. Like, it's not really the proper name for them. This okay. bear you call a brown bear. So I feel like this further got the locals and stuff to be like, who is this fucking man? It's like a Betty to yeah. us. They're like, what the, what, the, what is he doing? <laughs> Why is he trying to like, play with call bears? It a brown bear, please. <laughs> the least. Please. His first Al summer in Alaska was kind of rocky. He went to camp in the park and get as close to the bears as possible. He was trying to learn to live amongst them, be friends with them. Peacefully. Wow. Yes. So this guy, you know, for what, whatever you want to say, like he had some balls yeah. for sure. Big ambitions too. Like a lot of people were ignorant and just wouldn't do it, but he did it. He was ignorant and ballsy. He was, yeah, which is a never great. It's a great combination. So he was seen from a helicopter waving his hands, looking for rescue by wildlife <laughs> photographer oh Mike, Mark Emery with his crushed water bottle in his hand that had been stepped on by a bear. Not the bear. So he wanted to be close to them, but he was also like, get me away from these bears. Yeah, he was also ill-prepared. That not. first summer, he's like, oh, God. He, uh, Mark Emery, the guy who was the wildlife um, photographer in the air, who, was, who saw him from above, he recalled he, run out, he ran out of water, too, even though there's a freshwater stream, like, really close to the campsite. Oh. So he's just kind of. He's, he's just not a wilderness guy. He's fully winging it at this yeah. point. It's like me living in Alaska. He was like, this is that's what I was going to do. You were you would do better than this guy did. Uh, I don't I don't know. I do. I don't really know. I'm not sure how it would end for me. But he was <laughs> ignorant because I'm not like ballsy enough to do yeah, this at the same true. time. Like you would never I would never fucking do this because you're not even <laughs> supposed to be close to them that close in the first place. Parents you know? don't want friends. No. They don't. So he's ignorant and determined. He came back every summer to be amongst them. Wow. Yeah. So during the rest of the year, he would remain sober and work as a bartender. I don't know how you do that, first of all. That's impressive. And he would also go to elementary schools and teach kids about bears with wild enthusiasm. And Timothy was much like a child himself with the bears. And it, like he was very excited about bears. He would also set up a nonprofit organization in his time back in California with the mission of the organization centering on education. But conservationists saw his educational material as problematic. So he's filming everything he does with these bears all okay. the time when he's there. And he's using that for his educational material. Okay. And he was way closer than they should ever be. And in the summer, he would get up close and personal with them as possible. He was crawling with them, sometimes even petting them. Oh, he was no. talking like you would to a baby to his bears. 
No, no. And he like named them and was just no, like, no. Yeah, you know, like just and the locals and the wildlife experts are like, what the fuck? Isn't that bad for the bears? I'm surprised they didn't intervene. Well, OK, that too. It, yeah, it's he wasn't feeding them at least. So they were just like, you're going to get yourself killed. Like and they've told him like so many times, like you are going to like this. Stop. Stop. Please stop fucking with bears. <laughs> They're not grizzly bears. They're brow bears. He was born many times. Again, like I said, and he would give some type of remark about how he would kind of be happy to be killed eventually by one of them. He's like, wow. I'd be happy to be bear scat, you know, something like that. Bear scat. <laughs> I read that. I don't know if it's a direct quote, but that's, <laughs> that's the gist of what he was saying. He was always at odds with the park officials who doled out multiple citations to Timothy through the years. And they were always extremely concerned with his behavior around the animals. His citations included guiding tourists without proper licensure, staying for longer than the camping limits allowed, improper food storage, wildlife harassment, and more. He refused to carry bear spray. That made park rangers even more concerned because yeah. he used it one time early and he like couldn't cope with how he had hurt the bears. So he's like vowed to never carry bear spray again. Wow. They He was even warned like, you're not going to be allowed back in this fucking park if you keep doing if you keep trying to be a bear but he kept going <laughs> he went there for 13 years 13 oh summers oh my god and the park's rule was that you could not go closer than 50 feet to a brown bear and timothy continually habitually just habitual line stepper as <laughs> dave Chappelle would say just pet these bears as habitual line stepper um i said i was like i just want to put myself in the place of one of the rangers quickly like, imagine, like, the spring is ending and the summer is coming and they're beautiful. like, fuck, Timothy is coming any fucking day. What is he going to do this year? Bear boy is like, coming. We need, like, bear boy is coming. We need to watch Timothy. Like, like they must have just felt some type of dread every summer. Yeah. Because he was chaotic. They were like, this, this, what, is this going to be the year? <laughs> is this going to be the year the bear boy gets his end? So Timothy would make sure to set up his camps where he knew the bears were more likely to be, including very close to bear trails that brown bears often use. And they were comfortable. Like there's like game trails, you know, like there's trails that animals establish and yeah. they're used to taking them and they will travel them often. Yep. And every year he seemed to kind of get closer and closer. He wrote a book about them called Among Grizzlies. You could buy that. But it's brown bear. I'm sure it pissed off the locals because he's like, he would not call it a fucking brown bear. <laughs> he's just like, I'm going to call it a grizzly because it really is a grizzly. That's the real, you know, like, I, I feel like he was just like. I love that he sounds like carpet. I feel like he was trying to. I know. I'm sorry. I just feel like he was trying. He was like, I'm not calling it a fucking brown bear. Brown bear. Like, I feel I'm like, one of them. We call ourselves grizzlies. Obviously, I don't know, but that's how I picture it in my head, which I, I think you're right. Right? I'm I have like, no reason to know that, but I think you're right. I think he's kind of dying on that hill. So this book, however, is what brought Amy Huguenard to him. And Amy was a physician's assistant who read his book. And I think she saw like him in a talk. And she was like, I love this man. Wow. She quit her job at, to be with Timothy. And of course, the bears every summer. Wow. Yeah. So she was probably getting paid a lot to be a physician's assistant. But she's like, you know what? She's like, I'm going to throw that out the window and I'm going to chase down grizzlies. Which, with like, Timmy. cool. You know, she wasn't as much, like, she thought it was cool too, but she wasn't as comfortable with the bears as he would be, turned out. She didn't spend, like, she would go there for a few weeks in the summer. Okay. Like, he would spend the whole summer there. So she was in it, but, you know, 
And Amy and Timothy had been spending their summers in Alaska for three years together. Like I said, she was more reluctant towards the bears than him. She was easily frightened by them at times, which is the proper reaction to have to a fucking bear. Yeah, because it's a bear. Yeah. Um, on his tapes, you can see Amy in close proximity to the bears, and she looks, like, terrified. Yeah. You can still see those um, pictures of that in film. And he taped every single encounter he ever had with them. It's always making sure he turned on his camcorder if they were around. Like, always. He's just like, I'm turning. Like, it was like a reflex for him. Okay. And his collection of films is actually one of the largest, um, most extensive collection of footage of brown bears in that region. So, like, he got a lot of good, like, you know, because he would go closer than anybody. And everything yeah, was on film. Closer than he was supposed to go. Yeah. So, I guess there's, like, one good thing that came out of it. Because we got this sweet footage. <laughs> sweet grizzly footage. So, in September of 2003, the couple was set to leave the park and go back to their lives in Malibu for the rest of the year. Malibu. As they had year after year. And they were in Kodiak. That's how they were going to leave. Okay. And there was an argument with the airline ticketer over the price it would be to alter his return ticket, I guess. Okay. I don't know. I didn't really understand. And everywhere I read, I was like, I don't really understand. But I just know that there was a fight and it made them decide to go camping an extra week. Oh. That was the outcome of that. Of that dispute okay if you will and it was late in the season they never even been out that late and the bears were starting to get ready for winter they're getting the food that year the food situation wasn't great there's like some freaky weather patterns which took out a lot of their berry crops okay. which is something they rely on a lot the berries so a lot of them were forced in the same area to go hunt salmon okay and other biologists in the area, like who watched the bears, like saw they were like there were like multiple fights with the bears every day. Like they were like super aggressive that year. Wow, because of everything just coming together. Because they're hungry. Because they're hungry. That they're getting ready for hibernation, right? And usually it wouldn't be that intense, but this year it was like yeah. So on October fifth, Timothy spoke on his satellite phone with an associate in California. He didn't mention any issues at camp. And the next day, when the couple was set to be picked up at their site by Willie Fulton, an air taxi pilot, he found the camp abandoned, except there was a bear standing. Yeah. So usually their stuff would be neatly packed on the shore. It wasn't. So he saw that, and then he stopped his seaplane or whatever. I think it was like a seaplane kind uh -huh. of thing. He stopped it, and he looked around, and he's like, um, what the fuck? And he called the local park rangers right away. So Willie saw one bear in particular kind of creeping around their site, and he was hungry and like just sketchy looking. And this guy also has experience with bears. Like he's an Alaskan bushman, probably. Like, you know, okay. like he's if you're like the kind of guy that's like operating a seaplane like that, you probably have some fucking experience. Yeah. So he's seen bears before, but he was like, these just didn't look like any other like they looked like hungry. Oh. And they just looked like creep like they knew he was there. Okay. And they was kind of stalking him. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going back to the plane. Don't love this. Yeah. And, you know, he like, it was like charging at him too. And he's been charged at before, but not quite in that way. So yeah. he like slams the door. He gets in his thing, his plane, whatever. And he decided to go up from above and try to like scare them off that way. Okay. The bears. And so he could find out what's going on there. Right. Yeah. So he saw a bear eating at a human rib cage <gasps> is what he saw. Yes. And the bear was not afraid of his craft, but it made him, like, eat faster. Like, because he <gasps> knew he was, like, going at it. And the park had gone 85 years without even coming truly close to a bear attack or incident. But Timothy and his girlfriend, Amy, would be the ones to break this streak. <gasps> 
So the rangers arrive shortly after Willie's call. The three rangers and Willie start making their way through the area. They're hoping they can find a survivor, maybe. You know, like they do. They didn't know whose rib cage was getting chomped on at that point. Yeah. Or if there's more, you know. So they finally encounter a bear. They try to get it to go away by like yelling. You know, there's four of them. So they're hoping like that would work. Because usually you want to play dead if you're getting like. But at this point, they're trying what they can to get it to go away. Like they're not getting charged yet. So it was like fully aware of their presence is actually stalking them too. And it was like they thought this bear was trying to eat all four of them. Wow. And they had never like seen them act like that really. So the rangers had to fire shots at the bear, finally knocking him down when he was about 12 feet away from the group. So they had to kill the bear, which is everything that Timothy, like Timothy would be like very, you know. That's not what, yeah. That's not why, but his, this whole thing caused that, right? Yeah. But he was also told. Yes. And he was told. And the rangers headed forward. They stumbled upon human remains, slightly buried in some brush. So they saw like an arm and fingers. Yeah. And then they saw the couple's campsite with their shoes still outside of the tent waiting for them to return to. So they saw some more bears, too. And the rangers were like, "Okay, we we need we got to go. And they kind of appeared to be not that aggressive moving away from them. So they're like, "Okay, now we need to see if there's survival. They're still on like a rescue mission, really, at this point. You have to remember. So they're like, we don't know what we're walking into either. So soon they discovered Timothy Treadwell's remains. His head was attached to a small piece of his spine and his face was like, his face wasn't attacked at all. Like it was like just frozen, like a frown. Like he had like, like a scared and they just saw his head like that. And his arm was laying close by severed from his body. Amy's remains were found shortly after. Unfortunately, her face was also easily recognizable and the rest of her body was mostly eaten. And as the bodies were being packed away, another bear approached the men. That bear also had to get shot by the rangers, unfortunately. Ugh. So now two bears down. The one bear that, they, the bigger bear that was stalking them was 28 years old. This one turned out to be like juvenile, like three years old. Oh. Yeah, it was sad. But they thought they had to do what they had to do at yeah. that point. So the contents of the bear's stomachs were in, um, the big bear's stomach was investigated. But the okay. little one, other bears came and ate it before they could even... They're that hungry. Yeah. I don't know if that's normal behavior when their young dies, but I don't feel like it. I don't know. So the first bear, the big one, was investigated. They found uh, human remains in his digestive tract in his stomach <sighs> and clothes. Yeah. Clothes. Yeah, and this clothes, too. And Timothy usually has cameras rolling, so <gasps> he did. Ooh. His bag was, his camera was, like, in his bag. Yeah. Before the attack. And it's, it was rolling. So they had the audio from the mauling. Like they had six minutes of audio. And audio. two thirds of it were like, because it was in a bag. So I don't, they didn't have the video. Uh-huh. So he's heard calling to Amy, like, come out here. I'm being killed out here. And she's heard screaming at him to play dead. And of course, it's too late for that method to work. Timothy yells for Amy to hit the bear. You can hear something being thrown to no avail. And he can hear, hear it screaming for like minutes, like slowly. Again, it was like four minutes of this. Just him like being in a fully aware state, just being eaten by a bear. So he tries to tell Amy to go away several times, but I'm sure she was just kind of like paralyzed with fear and shock. Like, also, where do you go? Where is she going to? And she's shrieking in the background, which may have been prompted, may have prompted the bear to come after her next. <gasps> As biologists remarked, her scream sounded a lot like a small wounded animal's yelps, which attract bears. So, 
God. The full audio of the attack was never released. It was deemed too disturbing. Like they consider that lost. And Willie Fulton gave statements saying the particular bear that attacked Timothy and Amy was known to the couple and that Timothy had referred to it as Ollie, the big old grumpy bear. And he tried to make friends with it, but it just never happened. <gasps> so that's what I got. I got my information from Reader's Digest. Um, there's a site called Yellowstonebearman.com and it had a whole thing about Timothy Treadmill on there. Okay. Treble on there. And then I went on uh, Wikipedia as well. Apparently bears are opportunistic hunters. Yeah. So they will eat their young. Okay. If that becomes an option. It was so it was the opportunity was there and they ate it. And there's also a documentary on this. I actually I wanted to watch it and it's dumb that I didn't before I did this because it, you know. That probably would have been a good thing to do, but I didn't get to watch it. It's called Grizzly Man. I heard it's super good. Grizzly Man, not Brown Grizzly Bear Man. Man. Yeah, just another, some more salt to the wound, right? <laughs> oh, I didn't like that. It sucked. It did suck. It was good, but that sucked. Mm -hmm. Gross. Bears. I can't even imagine what it would feel like to get eaten by a bear. Yeah. But it's like so many people were like, dude, you're going to die. Yeah, like he he did this to himself. Like how many times can you tell him? Right. And Amy, like she was a college educated person that made the decision to leave their life behind to go chase a man who loved bears. Which would be cool if he knew what he was doing. Like I'd be like, get that could be like a romance film if he was like respectful to the bears and knew what was going on. You know, <laughs> like I would respect that. But she was just like. She probably was like, oh, I love, love him. And then she's like, oh, shit. He has no clue what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Ooh. Now I'm with the bear man and I'm losing oh, bear man. my benefits. Yeah. Man. That was rough. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, the brown bear man. Sorry. Ooh. Brown lay down. Black fight back. We got a lot of. Uh, that's, is that the thing? That's the rule of bears. So what was that? Brown lay down, black fight brown, back. If it's a brown bear, you play dead. Mm -hmm. If it's a black bear, you fight it. You you don't fight it, but you're going to like, if it's charging, you scream, wave your arms, do anything to make as much noise as possible. Okay. I have no idea how to fight If a brown a bear. bear is trying to kill you, you just need to like go to lay dead in a fetal position. Yeah. A regular at the bar told me that. So. Oh. So I was like, I always forgot which one's which. And that's going to haunt me one day. She's like, brown lay down, black fight back. I'm like. Rhyme that's we all need. Helpful. Yeah, the rhyme we, we the rhyme we didn't know we needed. Yeah, that's actually helpful information. So thank you. That's your takeaway for today. Brown lay down, black fight back. Thanks, Jeanette, for that one. She doesn't listen, but that's okay. Maybe she does. Maybe she does. Oof. All right. Well, now there's that. A lot of animal killings. <laughs> Luckily, my next case has nothing to do with animals. Good. All right. Well. Thanks. Thanks for that was very unsettling. I don't like I don't like the idea of being eaten by a bear. Oh don't my do god. It. Don't do it. I won't do it. Thanks guys. Alright.